live from the Nixcast Phanthropological Institute. Today, we're talking about bronies. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode 24, that is to say, episode 12 of season 2 of the podcast that brings the fans I view to you, Phanthropological. And today, we're going to be talking about that most notable, visible, and contentious of fandoms, Bronies. Here with me to do that today are my two best friends, Nick T. I would like to go by Computer Sparkles this episode. <laughs> my my cutie mark is a computer. And Nick Z. Uh, I'll just... uh. Let's go by the entirely original launch pad, because that's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> launch pad? Sure. McQuack? Well, no, I'm not a duck. I'm a pony. It'd be like launch pad McNay. It's a completely original character, I assure you. Yep. Do not steal. Do not, Do not steal. steal. You might just get away with it, Z. Good. Launchpad. Why would why would you pick Launchpad? I thought you'd go with like the internet's regular like Ready McWriterson <laughs> or something or Bodie McBoatface. No way, man. The pad is the pad is where my writing launches from. The 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 pad the the pa- pad of paper. No, you're talking about a launch pad. Yeah. That 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 vehicles that can fly. Yeah. Launch from words can fly. No. They can't. Uh, I think you'll find <laughs> otherwise. Uh, very, very. Why not just? Why not just say my name is a pad of paper? <laughs> that gets your like note, Notepad McGee. That gets your I, that gets your point across. Oh man! As you mentioned, this week we are talking about bronies, uh, and I have an introduction for us. Bronies or Pegasisters uh, are adult fans of the TV series My Little Pony: uh, The Friendship Is Magic, which started its run in 2010. And though the show is geared towards young girls and parents, it has since become unexpectedly popular with adult audiences. I'd actually learned, as a result of doing some of our research for this week, that brony and pegasister, despite being gendered terms, people just tend to use bronies. Pegasisters hasn't really caught on that much. Hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot more syllables. <laughs> I mean, sure, but that doesn't stop like fandoms from doing that. I suppose not. Yeah. It tends to have a zippy, zippier name, but like, yeah, it's sort of interesting that it's just become bird because that's what that's what everyone who is not involved in the community calls them anyway. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of bronies. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with jabronies. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to be hanging out with jabronies. <laughs> no. Speaking of jabronies, I I wasn't even intending to do this. <laughs> I found out that Xavier Woods, a fan of My Little Pony, The Friendship Is Magic. Oh, oh that's right. This faction, the New Day, whose whose gimmick is the internet, they just for a while would just wear wear unicorn horns uh, yes. down to the ring. Yeah. They could, you could buy them. You could buy those. They had them for sale. Yeah, I don't know if they explicitly ever had any like like images of of My Little Pony on their tights or anything, but it was definitely you could see where it was coming from. Inspired. Also, a big fan of Dragon Ball Z, as their entrance at WrestleMania last year will attest to. <laughs> Okay, apparently things I need to watch after this episode. (laughs) I was actually really excited when late in my research game, I found out that there is a My Little Pony census. Heck yeah. I was like... I'm excited to hear this. There is Mm -hmm. data. Okay, so like, things that I love about doing Fanthropological is learning about fandoms. And oftentimes that's a very subjective activity. Yes, there are entire social studies that exist and they are um, based on turning like social subjective data into more quantitative analytical data. And Mm -hmm. my little pony for this week, I found that there is actually some quantitative demographic data, which is a thing I would love to be able to do for every episode. And I, and we can't, but for this one, we can. Ah, Ah. the day is yours. Things that were interesting and maybe not surprising. The majority of My Little Pony fans are straight, white, men. No surprises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, average age is 21. Oh, I, I, that... I do have to ask for a clarification. 
Oh. A majority of My Little Pony fans or a majority of Brodies? Okay, fine. You want to get technical? Uh, a majority yes. of people who answered the census, okay, which was, I assume, directed around uh, My Little Pony circles. I don't remember offhand, but they were very extensive. The report, which is like 60 or 70 pages, mm-hmm. has like an introductory section on how they gathered the data, the statistical analysis that they conducted, okay. and so on. There's a website dedicated to it. You can check it out at herdcensus.com, H-E-R-D census.com. Mm-hmm. Um, other interesting things, um, the majority of, like, more than 50% of fans uh, are from the United States. Okay. What was more interesting to me than that was that no other country had any more than 6%. Really? Which hmm. means that outside of the U.S., it's pretty uniform all over the place. Strange. It's mainly local, like, yeah, it's mainly localized in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Did you say eighty-four percent? Eighty-four? What? Uh, white the white hetero males. Oh, I didn't say any percentage. Oh, I thought you did. Um, Sorry, I I said the av- like the if you took like an average person. Okay, gotcha. Like it, uh, if you just had one person represent like the f- the people who responded to the survey, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's like representative or anything like that because I don't remember the number of respondents. It was in the tens of thousands, I think. Okay, wow. because on the on the documentary I watched, available on Netflix, A Bernie's Tale, uh, they interviewed a couple that were psychologists who did do a study. So I'm wondering if this is the same one. It hmm. could, it could have been. As soon as they... I mean, we could we could skip to that part that usually happens later in the show where we do research on the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, that's true. But I mean, um, like, regardless of that, the yeah. one thing that was really interesting doing the research in that census, they had so much data. Like, we're not just talking like age. We've got like level of education achieved. We've got like uh, gender. We've got when they got into the show. We've got which character they most people mm-hmm. affiliate with. We've got how do the various big five personality factors correlate with like the general population by age. Mm. Wow. Um, how many identify as furries? Hmm. All sorts of stuff. Interesting. Man. Gotta Data! Ask... <laughs> I've got to ask the most important question. No. Which pony is the best pony? Uh, Twilight Sparkle. Really? The I... protagonist? I will double check, yeah. but there might have been a case of protagonitis. That's, I find that really interesting because, I mean... Out of the main, pun intended, six. It's not protagonists. They all seem like they are more or less main characters. Yeah. I would like to say protagonists, copyright Nick Green 2017, is um, <laughs> <laughs> they made up to describe the blandness of leading characters, yeah. which I don't <laughs> think applies to Twilight Sparkle. No, I didn't mean to apply yeah, yeah. that. No. Um, um, so, but most people can identify with Twilight Sparkle, and number two was uh, Fluttershy. Yeah, I would have. Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. W- one of the one of the points that it, that uh, some people make is that like it's easy to identify with one of the six like main cast. Yeah, and I wrote it's like Friends. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is Chandler. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is the wisecracking cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. Um, you know, between between their personalities, they're diverse enough that that people will gravitate towards one of them. Was there a large, was it like a lot of Twilight Sparkle, and then and then not a lot of the others, or was it sort of balanced? Well, so I'd have to go into the analysis a little bit more because mm-hmm. I I don't understand how they calculated it. I'm sure they mm-hmm. explained it. Yes, but they just have a, a graph that says lower is more, and then uh, it shows outliers, and I, I'm assuming quantiles and things, mm-hmm. but. Basically, there's pretty even spreads for Twilight, uh, Sparkle, Fluttershy, Luna, Applejack, Pinkie Pie, and Rainbow Dash. Mm-hmm. And then things start to um, get a little more tightly connected. What was also interesting is mm-hmm. since they have extroversion data, like on mm-hmm. personality-wise, basically the more extroverted you are, the less likely you are to associate with Fluttershy. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Or to identify with. I get that. Yep. She is the prototypical shy character what makes you say that uh, you know just her, i mean like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell that just by hearing her name that's for sure <laughs> or listening to her speak 
or <laughs> you know anything else. Mm-hmm. Apparently, mm-hmm. and this probably came up. I'm sure you guys read it. Uh, that a lot of the ponies that the fans really love and uh, enjoy actually were just background ponies that that the fandom latched onto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Ditsy Doo Dash, also known as Derpy Hooves, mm-hmm. <laughs> who was originally kind of like a, a dumb blonde kind of character in yep. the in the show, and then people were like, "Nah, man, she's great. We don't want that." <laughs> and then kind of got redeemed and is now like a mail carrier. Huh. Yeah, and had some lines. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, neat. Despite not watching the show, I remember when that was like around or when that was happening. I feel like they, like the people who made the show, had noticed the attention that character had been getting, and then focused mm-hmm. them more on them more in the show. Yeah, there's also Doctor Hooves, mm. <laughs> uh, and of course Vinyl Scratch, also known as DJ Pwn Three. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. One of the other things in, if we can assume that this is the same survey and it has a lot of the same points of data that you mentioned, the psychologist pointed out that Bernie's overall tend to have fewer neurotic feelings. Oh, that probably was the same survey. Yeah. Like uh, like depression and stress and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, tended to be, I, they didn't out and out say just happier, but like like experience those, those kinds of negative feelings a lot less. Interesting. Like just in general, or when they were watching the show, when they were just in general hanging out with other. Okay. Well, if it's the same survey, which looking at this data it looks like it is, because mm-hmm. neuroticism is one of the um, five factor personality things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so in the, in here it shows like the baseline measure for um, females in general and males in general, and then it shows male bronies and female bronies, and they're both like way above. Mm. So they are significantly less. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that, that led me to a theory on the why. Ooh. So I would say a lot of the movies and TV shows that have been critically lauded and acclaimed and touted and trumpeted uh, over the last, I don't know, 10 years are a bummer. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Anything Batman, like Dark Knight in particular, but anything Batman, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Watchmen, Boardwalk Empire, The Wire, Westworld, all that stuff is really cynical and really a downer. What about... Yeah. A lot of good story... A lot of good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But, like... Like, dark and gritty. And we haven't, we haven't quite climbed out of that, like, 90s grimdark... Do you mean 80s grimdark? <laughs> <laughs> Seventy, uh, like it, like it. I, feel, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like it. It got really big in the nineties. I mean, it definitely did. With like the Punisher and Spawn and things like that. And... Yeah, it was still kind of cool there. There was like this cool edginess to it. Now it's just like things like Game of Thrones or Westworld or um, etc. Mm-hmm. Are just sort of dark because. It's what, what, it's what they got to be. It's what people... It's what real life was like, man. It's like, yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's like it's it's gone from what was cool and cutting edge to very much just the middle of the knife, the mainstream. I'd even say that, uh, you know, friends might have had a little bit of this and uh, Seinfeld mm. and more so like Family Guy are all not dark, but cynical no. shows. Seinfeld was definitely cynical. Friends was lesser so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just Chandler, the cool one. Well, I mean, they had they had Phoebe, <laughs> which was kind of the eternal like make things better character. Yeah. 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 So, while there are like a couple a couple things that are that are kind of more more earnest and positive, I would I would point to Parks and Recreation as being a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um like kid shows have that in spades. Yeah. Stuff like Adventure Time or even like Harry Potter. Uh, you know, good triumphs over evil and stuff like that. Yeah. The books did get darker. Yeah, than I was going to say certainly more in the yeah. beginning than towards the end. Yes. Adventure Time to me seems kind of like a a weird mix because it is very bright and cheerful. But especially once the, the story starts building, it really becomes apparent that something terrible happened. 
and the fallout from that is very much a big part of the the current world of ooze makeup. I mean, yeah, but it's not it like like it's not like darkness hanging over everything. No. It's no. it's it's very much positive and possibility and that feels like Yeah. Like uh my yeah. my little pony is kind of part of that. It's literally yeah. about how great friendship is and like and positivity and you know, listening to other people and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I think people might gravitate towards it. Yeah. I think that that's definitely one of the big reasons why, I mean, coming through Reddit as I uh, am wanted to do for my research, mm-hmm. at least a little bit of it. Um, and that was one of the reasons people were citing that it's just this really positive show when everything else on TV and, and at the movies is really dark and depressing. And it's this half an hour once a week or, Thanks to the internet, half an hour, whenever, plus, <laughs> or ten hours and <laughs> yeah, days. yeah, yeah. Plus all the fan content, you know, you can just access that at any time, and it puts a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. I completely agree that there is definitely. This reminds me of what happened when we went to uh, Four City Comic Con, and we were we weren't chatting with Tracy Moore, but no, wait, no, no. This was when I was chatting with Tracy Moore. She was talking yes. about how there's not enough joy in the world. And she was actually mm-hmm. citing the exact same stuff that both of you had kind of mentioned. And it's it's refreshing to have a show where that is not the case, where everyone is not cynical, where actually, despite all everything, everyone works together in perfect harmony, but not in like a bizarre Disney-esque kind of way. There's still conflicts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's not out-and-out violence, and they all work in this weird... I wasn't going to get through an episode without mentioning a strange case system, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate on it. Just <laughs> drop that in there. But yep. they all work together, despite the fact that you know the the uh, alicorns those have those are pegasi with with magics, yeah, wings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could just be like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to force you to do stuff. It's like, nope. Everybody gets along. Everybody has a thing that they need to do, and they do it. And they have struggles, and it's not just like. Applejack's mom died because we needed a more interesting story or whatever. (laughs) I mean, and that's nice. (laughs) Death does not equal a good story. No. Thing too, like the cynicism was like, like, how can you make a show that's like just about being happy and friends all the time? How can you make it like substantive? Well, Lauren Faust found a way to do that. Things that I learned (laughs) doing the research... Apparently, Lauren Faust was involved in uh, Powerpuff Girls, and she was either on the writing team or like a director or something for Iron the Iron Giant. Oh, cool. um, there was at hmm. least one other Warner Brothers movie that I don't remember the name of, but I'd seen that she was involved in, and I think her husband was a writer for Dexter's Lab. Every time I see the My Little Ponies ponies in like that design. I am always reminded of this one episode of Dexter's Lab where Dee Dee goes into like the pony dimension <laughs> and the ponies are drawn in the exact same style, but they don't look quite as sharp uh, and clean because it's not flash animation. I was going to but... say, did, there is something, I watched a couple episodes before we, we recorded, and there is something like of the mm-hmm. Dexter's Lab about the animation style. It reminded me quite a bit of that. Yeah. I don't think they were using flash animation Oh no, Dexter's no. Lab. But, uh, but, but like the, I think that's probably what they were... The outlines and the shapes and everything are similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was the same thing with Powerpuff Girls. And if that's something Lauren Faust was working on, she probably carried over that style. Mm-hmm. One of the other things... I, I don't know. Are there things that people want to continue on about the the positivity, the altruism that is in My Little Pony? Just... Uh, you know, it's it applies to the show as well as the the Bernies themselves. People are suspicious of earnestness, <laughs> right? Which, <laughs> like, yeah. why? Why are you so happy? What do you? What's your What's your angle? Yeah, why aren't you miserable here? like I am? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on down here to my level. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that just a symptom of all this cynical media? Yes, it's all yeah. the media's fault. It's, that's right. <laughs> Except for the media that's positive, like My Little Pony, and so so it's, <laughs> so it's like taking that message, which is lovely, and then you know, you have bronies being earnest and enthusiastic about what they love, which is the show, mm-hmm. 
and being like, I'm just going to wear this shirt, wear this wig, wear this costume, you know, get this tattoo, whatever it is. And so the outward manifestation of that, you know, you get, you see ponies combined with this, like this pride and this enthusiasm, this earnestness, which, which is what makes people give them the side eye. Right. A lot of the research that I was doing kind of got across that idea of people being suspicious of earnestness to the point that this one article basically had to debunk the idea that bronies were, say, predatory or that they were only liking things ironically. Like people, men in particular, had to create this distance between themselves and the earnestness for a multitude of reasons. One, I'm sure, is because people are suspicious of that earnestness. But another, of course, being because the show is is uh, viewed as being, like, unmasculine. Whatever that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seemed to be a big focus of, of uh, Bernie's that were interviewed. Everyone expects masculinity or, like, but, like, what was that one quote? They're talking about Bernie's in the military, actually. Oh. And uh, mm-hmm. and the guy's response was, what is a man? A human male with an X and Y chromosome. That's pretty much <laughs> all you need to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, I can't remember which, I want to say it was Fluttershy, carved in to his, like, rifle. Oh. To his military <laughs> rifle. And they're talking about, you know, like, he was sent over to Iraq, and, like, Iraq's really barren. He compared it to Tron. Everything's very orderly, mm. but it's barren. Mm. There's nothing there. Mm. Um, so, like, to have that, you know, small little piece of, of familiarity of, like, who you are when you're not a soldier. Yeah was really good and but this guy had been really into art before before he left and he used to draw all the time and then when he came back with the structure of the army and like everything he did over there he like went to a depression he's like why why draw you know i, I don't see the point of this anymore it's so like a year and a half and then he found my little pony and it started him drawing again and these are some of like very beautiful drawings cool you spent a week on one of princess celestia and and like his story of the documentary was like i have to take this and show the 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 voice actress (laughs) that i made that you like you know you affected me positively yeah so and and he did and it was it was a really nice moment and it was like at a big panel and everyone clapped (laughs) um cool but that was it was an interesting little little side part of the documentary to have like talked about multiple different um bronies in the military to mention uh, Dusty Cat, the self-proclaimed manliest brony in the world. Ah, there we go. <laughs> whatever that means. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which which he himself said. He's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the same article or a different one was talking about uh, people writing in to the, the writers and talking about how different episodes were really touching. And one person had mentioned, you know, after watching that episode, I was able to show emotions again. And Whoa. I can imagine, so like oh. that is one, both a really positive force, um, mm-hmm. but two, I'm just like, I can imagine somebody not wanting to open up about that and be earnest about that because they'd probably get picked on even, um, I think this is one of the writers that's responding to that person. It's like, you're like, what you took that much from it. And I'm sure it's not intended to be mean or barbed, but I can imagine, you know, in a different context that would be, mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you know, people are legitimately enjoying this show because of the positive effect it has on their lives. And then they're kind of, there's this fear of that vulnerability of, about liking a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fundamentally what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, uh, was that? her name? Ashley Bell was ostensibly the, like, main character of it. And she was invited to BronyCon. And she's like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. And in the end, she she went and, and had a good time. I like, met a lot of people and go on fan mail. It was really cool. But it's like, you know, what to one person is a job, to another they spend their whole life with. Thinking about, which which reminded me of a uh, an old quote from uh, from Genesis. They have a long song called Supper's Ready. And a fan told guitarist Steve Hackett, I saw Jesus at the end. To which Steve Hackett responded, I was just trying to get the notes right. <laughs> Man, oh man. So they're, you know, you know, the voice actors and, and the writers are just like a piece mm-hmm. of the whole machine. But uh, but the whole package can hit somebody pretty hard, like for the good or or, or or not. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, 
not to not to take away any of the any of the power, any of the positivity. But I mean, it's like so many other creative pursuits. You can create something, and then people can take anything from it. Mm-hmm. Death of the author, right? What was the name of that? It's got a name. That that thing. The new criticism. The new, new criticism. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> Getting a bit old, if you ask me. No, oh, it's like New England. It's over two hundred years old. That's time I checked. That's not that new. Check the best before date, New England. <laughs> <laughs> you mean on that eighteen-year-old Family Guy reference? Was that Family Guy? Did I just do that? It was. It was. No. <laughs> oh. Well, that was mine. Uh, uh, one of the one of the reasons that I found that people are fans of My Little Pony, the why of Brony fandom, if you would, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is because it's a good show. Yeah, yeah it it is a good show. Like I I don't mean to be <laughs> flippant or glib or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah. you know. I, I guess it's you know it's a, it is a show that is targeted at children and particular female children, but not exclusively. That's just like its main demographic. It is, of course, a show that is very welcoming to all ages and and all different genders. But you know, it, it's also just a really good show. One of the quotes that um, this was from a thread on Reddit talking about you know, why are people fans of of my little pony and i was like awesome somebody else is doing my work for me <laughs> um this one person i don't have their name written down but i linked to the conversation so that's fine uh they said unlike before regular animation fans found it entertaining the plots weren't stupid the animation was well done the characters actually had characterization the voice acting was quality the humor was surprisingly unlame and the whole thing arrived as a character-driven production that not only appealed to the kids, but didn't offend the intelligence of older viewers. I think in that same thread, possibly responded to that thread, somebody just posted a picture of them at a bowling alley, and it was, like, the characters from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> but ponyized, obviously. I think there's been pony iterations of all <laughs> everything. Yeah, but, like, yeah. in canon, Oh, in canon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened yeah, in yeah, an yeah. episode. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Because it's like you're you're a parent, presumably, watching the show, and yeah. you're like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> did you reference the Big Lebowski? Yeah. It's just a, it was, yeah, it just as a group of ponies in the background. That is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the very specific things that uh, somebody on Reddit pointed out as a reason why... Um, specifically, actually, not necessarily why people like Friendship as Magic, but uh, why its fan base seems to be so creative. And that's that they categorized TV shows into two general old cartoons, into two groups, one of which uses the setting as a major element for the story. The other group uses the setting just as, as a backdrop for stuff. And then they went on to say that Friendship Friendship is Magic kind of falls in between because Equestria is an important part of the setting and of the story, but it's not given a huge amount of attention. It's uh, In the same thread, somebody else compared it to Star Trek, where there are a lot of cool ideas and a lot of like neat background characters that show up, but sometimes they might stick around for an episode or two, and then they're just gone. So fans really latch onto that, and they want to, they want to you know, delve more into those characters and I think the whole Doctor Who's thing started <laughs> actually to go back with one of the animators or Lauren Faust or somebody on the team just throwing a pony in the background with an hourglass on its flank. And then people just said, oh, hey, it's a Doctor Who pony. It's Doctor Who's. And it just became a thing from there. So as a as a quick addendum to that, apparently Doctor Who shows up on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. And in a later occasion, he looks different but has the same cutie mark. Yeah. Oh, I like it. So, you know, <laughs> you know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, not to say that a show with a bunch of references equals a good show. No. <laughs> but this is a show is a, is a good show apart from that. And I think that the name My Little Pony is what that that helped some of the spark over people being like, "Why is this Brody's thing? Guys watching My Little Pony?" Because of like the people who heard that are probably not thinking of the current show. 
Right. They're probably thinking of like, you know, from the 80s on. <laughs> the old dolls and the old shows yeah. and whatnot. They'd be like, well, how did this happen? What? Like, to create a lot of the supposed confusion. <laughs> I mean, setting... I don't. I don't think the show as it, as itself succeeded as a result of that. Like they just made a show and it's it's enjoyable. But I think the fandom kicked off in part because of that. Because I I think a lot of people would look back to past My Little Pony iterations to the first generation or second generation or third generation and be like, okay, there's a new show. It's going to be awful. It's just going to be saccharin pink ponies everywhere and it's not going to be any good yeah and so when you start from that and you have something that's legitimately quite good mm-hmm. then it's amazing it's beyond good it's great it's fantastic yeah not to say that i thought the name my little pony is what made it successful it could have just been a show called friendship with magic mm-hmm. and not necessarily even about ponies and I think it still would have had a similar reaction, but I don't think people would have been like, oh, that's weird, because it would have been about something new. Fair. Something that they didn't know about at all. It probably wouldn't have gotten as much press. I mean, it would still be an internet sensation, but it wouldn't have captured the uh, the media's imagination. Well, like, look at all these middle-aged dudes that like My Little Pony is a very yeah. click clickbaity title. <laughs> but, like... Dudes like new feminine show is not not remotely the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if feminine is the right word there. No, no, not necessarily. But like, like targeted at. If if it wasn't My Little Pony, it would be hard to explain like, or even think that it's that silly or outrageous. Right. Did either of you know that Bronies actually started on 4chan of all places? That was mentioned in the documentary. That is no. really that is really surprising to me. <laughs> <laughs> that something came from 4chan and then turned out being a positive thing. I mean, that's fair. I mean, the the most positive example I can think of is Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> and that's merely fine. That's like very benign. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cute name for a submarine. So one interesting thing in the research that I want to mention, maybe before we get to another topic, is apparently there's this idea that every brony goes through the same kind of stages. Not in the sense Mm -hmm. that, you know, to be a brony you have to do these things, just that the stories that this uh, author was hearing Again, I forget which article it was. Oh, wait, it was the National Post. It was a National Post article. Bronies explained, the grown men who love My Little Pony aren't who you think they are. But apparently this this author, as they were hearing different stories from Bronies, was hearing the same story, like variations on a theme. There's the stage of skepticism when they hear about the show and they don't know why people are so enthralled with it. I remember that stage. Yeah. I was on something awful and everyone had pony avatars. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? Uh, then there's the initial exposure um, for whatever reason. I think the article says boredom, drunkenness, or a dare, which seems awful, but whatever. For whatever reason. Yeah, end up watching some episodes, followed by addiction. And I feel like there's a critical piece missing between these two steps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, in, I guess in the stories of these people, they, they get sucked into the series they want to watch the entire thing and, you know, just something with the writing, the themes, whatever, which immediately, again, I feel there's a, there's a step missing here. Uh, evangelism, where you've got to tell everybody, and that's probably what you experienced, G. Uh, a little bit. Well, I mean, what you were observing in the forums. None more so than about Firefly, <laughs> oh, which we'll get to another time. Oh, we missed mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. Things. Stuff, setting things up for other things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Followed by the final <laughs> stage, uh, bronyhood, where, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from evangelizing something to just being a brony. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the example, it's like, well, you know, you're calling yourself boogie hooves and wearing fake ears or hooves or a pony onesie or everything, and you're going to brony gatherings. And I feel like the author maybe 
was painting things in an uncharitable light, but I just thought that was interesting that so many people had gone through a similar set of steps. I mean, you can apply those steps to a lot of fandoms. I feel like maybe yeah. maybe not all of them have the skepticism. Uh, probably not. I don't know. I would maybe, if we wanted to uh, generalize the model, replace skepticism with something like, not even I don't get it, just just uh, a sense that it's, it's uh, what's the word? It's overrated. I'm looking at you, kill yeah. a kill. <laughs> I mean, uh, what is overrated about Kill a Kill? It's no, 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 like no, no. the greatest anime <laughs> series I've ever seen in my entire life. I meant like the skepticism step where Z was like, oh, I should check this out. And I'm like, oh, Z usually has these really highbrow things that he likes. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> You're watching genius. I, Pure yeah. genius. I think that's why there is no step between skepticism and exposure. Uh, even getting back to uh, to Friendship is Magic. Because there's that initial skepticism, that initial, you know, it's just so overrated. When you're exposed to it and you see how how good it is, you know, there's that sense of surprise and that sense like you've stumbled, in scare quotes, upon something that is is a rich vein of cool storytelling and awesome characters. And addiction just follows. To me, what's really interesting is that what happens in between exposure and addiction. That is like the if you can figure that out, you have figured out fandom because that is that is the critical piece between just watching something and being a fan. There were a lot of stories on Reddit about people, you know, their brother was into it, their sister was into it, their roommate in college was into it, and then they saw one episode and they're like, Yeah, this is pretty good and they just watched everything that was available at the time. Has it been on Netflix for a while? Uh Netflix will just keep loading episodes <laughs> up. Apparently, when it first started out, Hasbro, uh, they were very casual about their copyrights and whatnot. So a big chunk of the first season was just on YouTube. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. In the, the survey, mm-hmm. most people had actually, I don't know if they were introduced via or just watched My Little Pony on YouTube. Hmm. It was like, by and large, the biggest source mm. I, I definitely went through all these ah, baby with Voltron <laughs> like six <laughs> months ago <laughs> I was like oh really like Voltron they're all in mechs and it's like 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 crappy Transformers I also <laughs> do it because Reese Darby was in it yeah that seems like a, a good reason to do that I, I wanted to hear him in a cartoon because he has a very cartoony voice as it is this is true so what I'm saying is, watch Voltron, you guys. <laughs> Voltron, Fetch of His Magic. I mean, <laughs> having only seen one episode, isn't that basically what it is? Yes. Yes? Yep. Yes. Perfect. If, if you take it like like remaking an older version of it, but like with quality everything. <laughs> like like you can make analogies to My Little Pony in that like like this version is, is much more appealing and much uh, better crafted than the mm-hmm. older versions, especially since it was two anime smashed together. <laughs> Wait, but, yes. isn't that Robotech? That is also Robotech. Wait, Voltron was another one of those? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alright, apparently I've got some book learning to do. <laughs> uh, Did you have one, Z? About this, uh, this little, little five stages of fandom? Um... I mean, I mean, not really. The the only thing I can think of that uh, sort of applies, I didn't uh, dive into it and watch through it in a, in a night or an afternoon or anything, but uh, I think it, this sort of applies to my getting into uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in dungeons? Uh, my skepticism remains. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was about that, but I just had to see it all once I got through those first few episodes. Oh, dang. Yeah. Have you reached evangelism? No. <laughs> the hesitation Hooray! says it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, this actually might be a good spot to uh, go back and take that branching path back uh, a few miles down the road that we encountered earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to bring up bronies and uh, my little pony fandom in general without kind of talking about the the underside. Yes. Ooh. 
Um, seedy underbelly. I don't know if it's seedy. I mean, part of it is seedy, <laughs> but like, usually when we cover fandoms, you know, there's nothing but positive things to say, or at worst, there's neutral things to say. In a few cases, there's so much passion in both directions that you have love and hate. The, never have I seen that more prominently than with when we talked about Twilight. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hated Twilight. People loved it. People hated it. With My yep. Little Pony, there was also a lot of that. And it's hard to do research about bronies without at least coming across some of that. Mm. Uh, I found a Cora article called Why Do People Hate Bronies? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found it interesting because not being a brony, but being familiar with bronies, uh, there was a lot of things in that scene that I didn't know about. Like kind of the the sense of entitlement that it happened like you had this show mm-hmm. that was uh that was targeted at little girls and their parents which had mm-hmm. an all gender all ages appeal to them mm-hmm. uh and then what kind of happened was as they would leave little nods to the to the older folks and then the bronies who were interested started to see these nods and then started to take that as oh this is for us this show is for us yeah. oh and there was like a lot of themes that kind of stemmed from that. Like, you know, they'd release new My Little Pony merchandise. But then it's it's obviously targeted at like little girls like or little kids mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's great. It's like you should be able to get this. But then bronies would buy up all the stock and then sell it on eBay because it's a profitable business. Ugh. Like as an I guess as an example of like some fan. And this was after hearing all the positive stories, it's definitely a case of some bad apples spoiling the whole bunch. Yes. Applejack would be very familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those, those bad apples would be browner and bark on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering what, what you guys found, if anything, when uh, doing your research. I, for the most part, I mean, my research wound up being about the positives really um i mean that's for the better really yes yeah if anything the one potentially distressing thing that i came across was this point that was made in the thread about um the threat about mlp fandom being exceptionally creative one of the posters uh, cyber scythe i believe their name was made up a sort of a five bullet point list of the reasons why MLP fandom tends to be creative, tends to put out a lot of uh, fan writing and fan art and all that sort of stuff. Um, They're young, so they've got the free time. They've got the internet. So, you know, they can just put anything out there because they're young, you know, in their teens or new adults or young adults or whatever the phrase is these days. Uh, They're still building up their self-image. So their association with the show winds up being very important to them and that's why they make all this stuff but that and then also the way that the fandom is looked at and perhaps the way that fans expect it to be looked at sort of breeds this culture of of it being an Mm in-group which sounds bad but by all accounts it sounded like the fandom was one of the most accepting and loving fandoms out there yeah so I don't know. I I guess in a, in a way, any kind of fandom creates an in-group because there's all sorts of terminology and all sorts of uh, in-jokes and that kind of thing. So it's, it's not terrible, but it's a thing to be aware of. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that that is, is fandom too. It's not necessarily about mm-hmm. making an in-group. It's about those shared stories. And those those yeah. jokes are those shared stories. And they're not necessarily exclusionary. The only, when you were mentioning that thing, not ob- yeah. not objectively, but I mean, like to some people, they they could appear to be. I mean, some news media, perhaps. It's like, oh, it's so weird. Original characters. Why? Your name's not Launchpad McNay. It's <laughs> it it is nobody's so. name is Launchpad McNay. Uh, <laughs> now this is part of the show where I looked that up. I hope it exists. Ah, uh, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it would exist. Watching the documentary, you know, it was, it was most of them portrayed in a positive light and how the show has helped, helped these people in their lives 
and things like that. And on one hand, that's lovely. But as you were saying, the kind of, you know, maybe not hijacking, but there are a lot of white dudes. Yeah, that's that's just what it is. A lot of middle-aged white dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like, on one hand, it looks a lot like, oh, this, this show that is for little girls is for me. Um, I would like to think that a lot of a lot of people who are fans of the show realize that, which a lot of the people in the interviewed in the documentary did. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a show for primarily for little girls, <laughs> but yeah. I like it. I like its message. I like its characters mm-hmm. and so on. And, and there is a lot of talk about like, Oh, we're like, you know, redefining gender roles or like redefining masculinity or, or rejecting traditional masculinity and all that. Mm-hmm. But very few of them, are you know rejecting traditional masculinity are are liking the show to reject traditional masculinity they just like that show and that happens to be against what is quote expected of them or stereotypically expected of them yeah it's all just a byproduct of liking this thing (laughs) that's not inherently a bad thing no it's not that's often how a lot of change takes place right like you make something uh less unacceptable yes and that that's fine. That's how we actually make a lot of progress. We need kind of all all kinds of change in that sense. Yeah, but like I'm saying that like what's what's pretty good. They weren't just like, yeah, I'm going to be ironic and like a little girl show or something like that, or I'm going to challenge community via liking the show. They just like it, and then and then everyone else is trying to kind of put the pieces together and be like, well, what does this mean? <laughs> Men like a show for girls. Oh, I see. So, like, uh, assuming yeah. motives that don't necessarily exist. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was something that came out of the same Cora article that I was I was reading. It's like, well, why did Pegasister... I didn't know this. Pegasister, I guess, didn't really kick off. Mm-hmm. It just didn't catch on as much as Bronies. But even when Bronies came out, it was because you had to distance yourself from liking a show for little girls. Yes. Which is, like, who cares? G and Z, you guys watch Adventure Time. You don't say you're like Adventure Timers or whatever. <laughs> you just no. you just like that show, even though it's a children's show. I am curious to find out what the name would be. That is Finheads. Oh, Finheads, love it. I like it. <laughs> but I mean, people don't create some sort of word, especially one that's prefixed with bro. Yeah. In an effort to be like, I like this little girl's kid show because I want to, I want to be subverting the norm. It's like, no, you're distancing yourself from that. I mean, now it's, yeah. it's an accepted term, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that it deliberately sets you apart. Yes. If you make it your own term. Yeah. As opposed to like an MLP fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that even though there were some negative things about My Little Pony fandom, they a lot of them are just kind of the normal kind of people being jerks to each other. Not that that's a good thing, but it's it's not any particularly worse than normal. But what I was going to say is, after doing the research for this week, do either of you, and, and I know Z, you've already, you're already kind of in there. I don't know if you would call yourself a brony, but you're definitely already a lot closer than G and I are. <laughs> uh, do either of you think that you would watch some more My Little Pony or get into that scene. I'm going to say watch more, yes. Get into the scene, probably not. I'm not into a lot of scenes. <laughs> I, you know, I just consume it and enjoy it and look up a lot of people say about it and that I'm pretty much good. Um, I said I watched a couple episodes for this, for this show. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know how high it's going to be in my queue of like all the TV shows that I want to watch. I just started Daredevil season two. Oh, hey. It's short. I mean, sort of. <laughs> then I can watch Luke Cage and then I can watch Iron Fist. You can skip that last <laughs> one I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not here. I'm going to try it, but okay. Luke Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage is supposed to be really good. I still haven't seen it, but have heard amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably like it's a good show. As, as, as T glibly said earlier on the episode, it's. It's a good show. It's funny. And Twilight Sparkle meets Fluttershy and was asking her her name and she got quieter every single time. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like there's some good stuff in there. 
<laughs> but um, will I binge through the series in the next month? Probably not. <laughs> um, but if I just want like like twenty minutes or so of, of entertainment, I'll I'll probably make my way through it slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you, T? Oh, for me, yeah. Uh, I've actually watched a bunch of it with uh, my ex. So the real question is, would I want to like catch up? Would I want to rewatch some of it? I'd probably rewatch a bunch of it. For me, it's just a matter of like, as you mentioned, there's like a there's a large media queue of things to get through, and how high in that queue is My Little Pony? Uh, probably not that high. But I, by a similar token, I wouldn't hesitate to call myself. Would I? I don't know. I'm not active enough to call myself a brony. I don't. Need, I wouldn't consider somebody who doesn't watch all of it to to be a brony. I would watch more is the answer that you're looking for. <laughs> that is the thing that I I'm trying to get to. Uh, what about you, Z? Z, are you are you are you current? Yeah, I'm current. I am I am current. I believe the new season starts uh, somewhere around the end of this month, possibly uh, today. <laughs> Doing a little bit of time traveling in this episode. <laughs> What do you mean? This yeah. is live. <laughs> <laughs> From our microphones to your earbuds. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But once that new season starts up, I am definitely going to be watching it. Um, I mean, even even beyond, like, uh, if, it's, uh, if it is kind of bothersome at all in those first two seasons, I want to say, um, it does get to the point where Twilight Sparkle, I guess, has learned everything about friendship and spoilers stops writing back to princess celestia about it what what but but then you get more stories that are that are sort of bringing the world and different elements in it together a little bit more it becomes it becomes a bit more of an adventure show that sounds like similar to adventure time kind of yeah it's just like let's see what we can do with the setting and what stories we can tell yeah watching rewatching the season six of adventure time it gets really gonzo (laughs) <laughs> like there's some weird abstract arty stuff in there yeah 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 I'll, i will continue to watch my little pony but i don't think i'm like i am my involvement in the show is when it comes out i watch it and i enjoy it <laughs> and this and pod I'll, this episode of the podcast <laughs> yeah and this episode of the podcast and i'll i'll recognize cosplay and that kind of thing but that's the extent of it so I definitely wouldn't call myself a brony. Just an MLP fan. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Mm-hmm. One of uh, one of my favorite parts when we do this show is when we get to the fan of the week. Or fans or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I actually <laughs> have one this week, which is a rare sight. <laughs> So when I was going through that giant Reddit thread of why people liked My Little Pony, which I think in retrospect is like three years old, Mm. but I digress. I found a really good tweet that talked about the why they are a fan. And uh, also, unlike most fans of the week, this one is short. And uh, so the author, Schizophrenic Ghost, had this to say about uh, why they like My Little Pony. And, And that goes a little something like this. To be perfectly honest, I just like having something with no cruel intentions and no mean-spiritedness like so many shows seem to glorify. And at a time when I'm really feeling my lowest, I like having something happy to look at and enjoy. Really, the show itself is meh. It's just the idea of it that draws me in. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought that kind of like exempt minus the meh part because there seems to be a lot of commentary that it's a good show and we, we've all seen it and agree to that. Yeah. But... The yeah. first part really resonated with the rest of the episode, which is just, it's a good show where everybody's good and nobody's particularly awful. Even yeah. even Calamity is redeemed, right? You mean uh, Discord? Why do I get those two confused? You must be thinking of Zelda. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Jean de Lancy in... Uh... No. no. They couldn't uh, They couldn't get him in into the booth. Allow me to not stop comparing this show to Adventure Time, and uh, <laughs> but when I was when I was it was the final season of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and every one of those episodes is so gosh darn heavy, like it just 
is just bummed me out. So, and I was, I was, I was watching through Adventure Time for the first time at that time. Hmm. So I'd always make sure that I watched an episode of Adventure Time after I watched an episode of Breaking Bad, and then go to bed because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to feel that gravity on top of me for an entire night. Mm-hmm. And that's you know. I can see the same thing with this. Like, not not a palate cleanser. That's that's not quite right. But like, you know, let me bring you up. The idea of friendship being magic, yeah, which is relatable despite the you know the ponies, <laughs> the pony setting, <laughs> the the fantastical setting. Yeah, I heard uh, that Z. You also had a fan of the week this week. Yes, yes, I do. It's coming from uh, the Reddit thread called. Why do you watch My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic? It's an answer posted by the user Hibernica. This is a very difficult question for me, and one whose answer has changed a great deal over time. In the beginning, I watched it simply because it was pretty, and the sets and characters were remarkably well-designed. The attention to tiny details pleased me greatly, such as the nightmare moon and the hourglass from the panning shot in the first episode. As time went on, I began spending time watching our My Little Pony, I began to look at the show more seriously, especially after graduating from college. The girls stopped being just fun and started being a source of comfort. Or, more to the point, the community did. I have struggled over the past two years trying to find a job. I have a bachelor's of science with skills in computer programming and laboratory and field sciences, and often find myself on the verge of despair. One of the few things that can make me smile when I'm feeling down are my little ponies especially with my girlfriend studying abroad this semester where Skype is the closest I can get to her. Within a few months from graduation, I had figures of the main six, now with the great and powerful Trixie added into the mix too, and whenever I'm nervous, I always have appropriate ponies right there to remind me that the nerves aren't needed. I think I agree with John Delancey that we are in the same breed as the Trekkers, and it brings me great happiness to be involved in a fandom that does so much good. I'm a brown coat too, and I think that helped me get into the show, too. There's a lot in common between the shows and the groups. I love the laughter, the friendship, the camaraderie, and the pure, unadulterated fun and hope that MLP and Bronydom bring. Ooh. Yeah. A similar sentiment, but, like, uh, more eloquently. Yeah. Well, also, I think they actually like the show itself, <laughs> not just the idea. And My Little Pony fandom connecting all the fandoms. <laughs> I was thinking when you were going through that that quote that it's like we should keep track of how many fandoms get referenced in an episode, like links out to other episodes. Because we got Trekkers, we've got Firefly, we've got uh, My Little Pony, and mm-hmm. I think well we mentioned Adventure Time, but we haven't done that either. You could say yeah. Doctor Who as well. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you could wink, wink. <laughs> 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 Cool. And with that, I'm going to talk about that other fun segment that we like to do. And by Mm -hmm. that other fun segment we like to do, I mean that other fun segment that I sometimes remember that I usually end up doing. And that is the spotlight. (laughs) Uh, Where we usually take something interesting related to a phantom. Not necessarily. Could have just been something cool that came across our our peepers over the course of uh, the, the recording or before the recording. This week, spotlight is bronies for good. Ah, uh, yeah, they were mentioned in the documentary. Oh, that's good. Mm. I, this week in particular, wanted to do one on a bronies charity because I think charities are a really good cause to get behind. It's really cool to highlight different artists, but I think if we're talking about good in the world, then uh, pick a charity. Yeah. When I was doing my research, people were like, oh, yeah, there's tons of bronies charity, but I typed brony charity into Google and actually didn't get a ton of useful results. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of results that were like yeah bronies are really charitable i'm like thanks jerks <laughs> but the the link that had the most seo was bronies for good which has good cause to be on the top of that list i found out that in 2012 this was on their betas page on in 2012 alone they raised 100k wow wow that is a lot of money uh bronies for good is committed to fostering the growth of a global community of caring socially conscious individuals through the organization of service events worldwide and encouraging individual group and social involvement, which is their mission statement. Uh, they started on PonyChan, which I'm assuming is a, a board, kind of like 4chan or many of those similar sites. 
With the idea of taking the altruistic values of the show and putting it out into the world, it started with a blood drive in September of 2010 entitled Nurse Red Hearts Roundup. Interesting to me, as an organization, they do not accept donations. They recommend and support several charities, but none of the donations go to them. They are just a group that helps Hmm. organize other things. Hmm. Cool. If you want a really cool curated list of charities that you can donate to, you can check out broniesforgood.org, B-R-O-N-I-E-S for good. Org. They also have uh, different events going on. I think right now they're raising money for a charity album. Huh. And then that will go to charity. Like they're raising money for some album of fan music for My Little Pony that'll go towards a charity. Yeah. So oh, nice. Check that out. Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be a little bit of a of an anticlimax if they were just raising funds to give a CD to a charity. <laughs> that would be to put it mildly, bitterly disappointing. Because <laughs> uh, then Charity may already have that CD. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it could be a CD of uh, fan music, since that's also something that the fandom around MLP is apparently really prolific with. I found a couple. There was a Mando Pony, who plays mandolin. Ooh. Ooh. And is a brony. Hmm. Uh... There is Silva Hound, who does, um, like, like hosts uh, the dances at cons and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of remixes of, of music from My Little Pony. And then also, tangentially related, Ashley Bell, who is kind of the star of the documentary, as I said, and is Applejack and Rainbow Dash, hmm. uh, has a band Ooh, called, oh, cool. called Hey Ocean. Like H-A-Y? No, H-E-Y. Okay, just checking. Like, like you're addressing <laughs> the ocean. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Ocean. How are you doing? I'm fine. Exactly. Um, and she said that that they, she started to get a lot of Bronies coming to her concerts just because they, they, they're aware of the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they interviewed her band members, too. They're like, they're like, yeah, I I don't really get it, but if people like it, that's cool. <laughs> they just seem kind of perplexed a little bit, but it's like... <laughs> You know, they have all these people coming into their concert. So that was, that was kind of interesting to you. They should have Billy Ocean headline them. <sighs> hey, Ocean. He should be like, hey, he should be like what? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know where you can find all of our episodes, please go to Fanthropological.com. We're also available on iTunes. Uh, so please uh, subscribe and leave a rating or review so uh, we can we can get into more more earbuds and ear holes. Uh, we are at the Knicks cast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, so come on, uh, watch some of the videos we got going, join the conversation. And uh, if you have any ideas for fandoms you'd like to see us cover on the show, please send them to Nick at the com. And if you go to patreon.com slash the next cast, you will find a big old list of all the stuff that we produce. Uh, and more importantly, you can help pledge money towards us, which helps us to create more content it helps us to get more let's plays more podcasts uh, maybe even start up a blog we have plans you can check out the goals that are listed there and uh, we, we like to be pretty transparent about all that stuff even as little as a dollar helps us out a lot and it helps you hear about behind the scenes stuff what's coming up in the new season any plans that we have going on just keeps you on the inside track of all of that stuff for example uh, if you were a Patreon supporter, you would know uh, all the topics for next season, and you would know the first episode of next season, which we're going to reveal probably in the next five minutes. But you would you would know that already, and many other episodes, and many other things. Check us out, patreon.com slash the next cast. And if you want to join in the conversation on Twitter, where you'll find all sorts of stuff that we post all the time, you can tweet at us using the hashtag... Fanthro. That's hashtag F A N T H R O. Hashtag Fanthro. Because hashtag Fanthropological was just too long. Man, it has been an amazing season. Man, this has been good. I like this season thing. Mm hmm. Winter, summer, fall, spring. It's great. I was thinking about all the things that we covered so far. 
like we did what, started with Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, and we're wrapping up with My Little Pony, two absolutely giant fandoms. Yeah. That's true. We start big and and strong. Yeah. And next season, we're definitely going to start off big because we're going to talk about Doctor Who fandom. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have a special guest as well. Oh, we do? Oh, perfect. Yes. This is going to be great. Yeah, we'll be joined by a special guest from Reality Bomb, a monthly Doctor Who magazine-style podcast. Before you said bomb, I thought you were just going to say from reality. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm going to list bill myself as being from reality. <laughs> Definitely a real guest, not a computer simulation. I would be equally impressed if we had... No, I would be more impressed if we had a computer simulation. I think we could get Watson on? Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd have to ask a lot of questions. I know. It's like, hey, Watson. How... He's not good at complex answers. Uh, how big is Doctor Who fandom? Does not compute. Perfect. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to the season. We will see you in two weeks' time, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Yeah. See you all Mm -hmm. again on April 21st. Be there and be square. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and see you all again then. joke i should have made at the top of the show what um <laughs> i guess we can put it in later <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say pegasus doesn't work pegasus doesn't work because there's too many syllables which is why phanthropological is such a good name for a podcast uh, <laughs> the worst part is that this is all going to, well that part might survive but this part will not <laughs> no <laughs> <sighs> uh listening and don't keep your fan on when you're asleep in a closed room because you'll die (laughs) according to korean people (laughs) that's a pretty good one